Hi, I'm Gavin with Haversick Designs, and welcome back to The Sound Project. I want to let you know we have some awesome recording studio tours coming up, so make sure you subscribe and hit the notification bell so you don't miss out on these amazing videos. So I'm here today with David Carey at The Rock Room. Thank you so much for yeah, allowing us much. to come in. Glad you guys are here. Yeah, and uh, um, so we met a little while ago as you were building this room. Yeah, about a year ago. Yeah, something like that. And, and uh, I think that you originally found us via Instagram? I did. Yeah, just how, how did that come about? Uh, I think you guys have all been there. I, I, I found something on Instagram that caught my eye that led me to a page mm -hmm. that led me to another page that then led me to your page. And it just happened to be at the same time I was looking for help yeah. uh, to map out the studio. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so you, you have this room. I know that you had a, a studio in your home. Um, and then this is now in a, in a kind of detached garage. This is my fifth version of the rock room. Wow. Okay. Yeah, by far the best. <laughs> um, certainly the most balanced, you know, flat room that I've had, but like I've, I've been in two small bedrooms. I've been in a converted den. I've been in the garage when it was the garage. <laughs> um, and, and now, you know, this has been pretty much purpose built, mm -hmm. at least the inside, you know, we took the existing structure and gutted it down to the studs and yeah. And then built it off your design, and I'm I'm I couldn't be happier with how it came out. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I mean, we um we've been here a few times. I think it's my third visit here. Yeah. And uh, before it, treatment, after treatment was done, last last time we were out here for the Nam show, yeah, uh, which was in April of 2023. And then uh, now uh, we're out here for the Nam show again. Thought it'd be a perfect time to catch up with you. And it, you really came at a good time because the room is fully operational now. Yeah. Um, and we've I've done a we've done a bunch of listening tests in here, and, and everything is translating really well. That's awesome. Which is fantastic, and that's yeah, I'm sure the point. Right? Yeah, that's and that's the goal, for right? For everybody at home that's thinking about hiring somebody to help you, this is why you, you <laughs> want things to translate. I yeah. spent I've spent tons of years doing mixes, running to the car, running to my wife's car, mm -hmm. going to headphones just to check the mixes. And I'm sure like a lot of people that listen to this or watch this, you know, the dreaded bass issue, you know, everything from 250 down sounded great in my bedroom <laughs> studio. I get to the car and either I can't hear it at all or it's thumping, you know, and muddy. Yeah. And, and now for the first time after all the work that you guys did and, and the treatment and getting it, it kind of balanced, I don't really have that problem anymore. And it's such a, it's such a relief in the workflow. Yeah. You know, I get a whole bunch of time back. Yeah, that, it's a time saver. It's also, it's kind of deflating when you work on something for so long and then you take it elsewhere and you realize you wasted your time or that you have to then redo it again. And, and so it's really nice to have a room you trust. You know, that's, that's ultimately what everybody's room is doing if it's not treated properly is it's lying to you, you know, and you're not, you're yes. not able to really and, trust and what you're I doing. And I can... I mean, I can completely confirm that. <laughs> I've had I've had four versions of this room that were lying to me, and yeah. this is the first one where it's not. And uh, you know, I still listen to stuff in the car. I think everybody does. And, yeah. You know, I listen to a ton of stuff in in um, you know AirPods now because of of Atmos mm -hmm. and spatial audio and all of that, and everything's translating. Perfect. And it's such a relief. Um, it's absolutely a testament to the process and trusting the process and going through all the stuff we went through with you guys. And, 
And, uh, you know, for those, you can't really see it. We'll see it on the, the, stu the studio tour. There's a lot of treatment in this room. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's a lot that went into this. Uh, you know, we, um, and a lot of it too is some, somewhat hidden because um, you, you look at the side walls and, and kind of the thing that pops out is these LED strips. But uh, behind the fabric is, is all acoustical treatment. There's uh, soffit base traps that go around the perimeter of the room. There's there's uh, diffusers on the back wall. Uh, the front wall is treated as well. Uh, got a ceiling cloud. There's all sorts of elements that are just crucial to making the room sound the way that it does. Yeah, and we floated and insulated the floor. Yeah. There, there, it, it, um, I've touched every inch of this yeah. in here. And, and you know, there's, there's little things that if I did it again, I'd do, be able to do it cleaner. Sure. Um, I think the walls... Um, I'm super proud of the walls because that was the thing in the design that I loved. And the neons were, were something that jumped out to me immediately. And, and I fell in love with the rendering because um, I think that's the other thing that you guys do really well is instead of just sending, you know, flat blueprints, yeah. you get the renderings. And, um, you know, Oscar's not here with you guys today, but shout out to Oscar. Yes. He did several versions of, I had, because I started getting really engaged when I saw the renderings. Mm -hmm. And, and then Oscar started tweaking them for me. Yep. And then as we figured out, um, well, as you guys figured out the specs for Atmos, you know, we had to rearrange the ceiling speakers mm -hmm. and then that affected the cloud size. And then yep. I started looking at the construction of the cloud and, and there were limitations I had with how I could anchor it to the ceiling. And so sure. Oscar and I went through several iterations of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the walls, especially with the neon, I was sold on those immediately mm -hmm. until I saw the construction <laughs> of them to, and I had to figure out how do I build these. Yeah. And, and I had I, I, my neighbor across the street that lives across the street from my house is a contractor who remodeled our house. And he's a great, great construction guy. And he gave me some advice. And then I, I built um, a first version that wasn't quite right. And then we got to this version that you're, that you can see now. And, and it took a minute to figure yeah. it out. And, and you're right. Like there's three different densities of materials. Um, and then, um, getting the track, right. So the fabric would stay tight. Mm -hmm. And then I, we were just talking a minute ago, these are the fourth or fifth versions of the LEDs. Right. <laughs> right. I think I ordered every LED you can get on Amazon that was reasonably priced, mm -hmm. and none of them would just give it that neon glow right. that you guys had in the rendering, <laughs> which yeah. I was totally sold on. And then I, through a contractor friend, I got to a lighting guy. I showed the lighting guy your rendering. He's like, "Oh, you got to use these." Yeah. And I found these, and they were reasonably priced. Um, and once I got them installed it just make i mean it it makes the room yeah without a doubt it's definitely a really cool element um one thing i'd, I'd love to know because uh, we've talked over over the years of, of working on this project but uh i'd love to know like your background of how you got into doing doing sure. audio i think like a lot of folks that are engineering and mixing now i started playing guitar in high school yeah and I played in a bunch, I, I grew up in Kansas City, and uh, I played guitar in a band in high school. And then I, I played um, more out of, you know, in between college and, and had an opportunity to tour with a pretty popular band in the Midwest. And as that started to kind of run its course, I had had an opportunity to make a couple of records. I had been in a couple of big studios in the Midwest, um, Kansas City, Omaha, and Chicago. 
and I, it was one place where I was always really comfortable. I loved playing guitar. I loved being on stage and all of that stuff that's, that's kind of stereotypical about playing in a band. Um, but I loved being in the studio. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a couple of really great experiences with really good engineers. Um, for, those, for those that are watching from the Midwest, there's a guy named uh, Ed Rose um, that um, has made a bunch of really big records out of the Midwest, did the first record for, with us of the band I was playing in. And he was, he's a fantastic engineer and a fantastic mixer and just a good human being. Mm -hmm. And I left that experience saying to myself, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And, and then I, I followed a really similar path to everybody else. I've, you know, I had to get a job because, (laughs) you you know, a lot of times when you're starting out engineering, that, that doesn't pay the bills Sure. and gear is expensive. (laughs) Um, and I moved out to California. I had an opportunity to do an internship um, at a, a, a really well-known facility up in Burbank called Clear Lake Audio, um, but it's in Burbank. And it was a great program and a shout out to those guys, although the, it, the studio's changed hands like three times now and, and the folks that own it weren't affiliated with it back then, but it's a great room. Um, Trident 80 Series B desk, had a really cool vibe to it. Um, and I learned a lot on in that internship. The whole stereotypical getting coffee, ordering lunch, sure. <laughs> you know, going in at midnight to record my own stuff, you know, w- working on Sunday when nobody else wanted to go in. Mm-hmm. But it was in Burbank. For those of you that don't know L.A., uh, Burbank from my house is about an hour. Sure. On a Sunday. Yes. <laughs> on a, you know, on a Saturday or a Friday night, it could be two hours and it can be three hours coming home on the dreaded 405 freeway. <laughs> and so as, as my internship was kind of running out, I was trying to find a studio closer to home. Um, and, you know, I think I, do, I was doing back then what I'll try not to date myself um, for, <laughs> for the younger folks that listen to this or that watch this, but... Um, Back then, kids, we would read the back of albums or you would read the, the, the booklet that came in the CD. Mm-hmm. And I was always one of those folks that went right to the liner notes, right to the credits. Where was it recorded? Who recorded it? Who mixed it? Who mastered it? All of that. Um, and I kept seeing on a lot of records that I loved um, this place called Total Access in Redondo Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this gem of a studio owned by a brilliant producer engineer named Wynn Davis. Mm-hmm. He's now got a partner, Steve Orness. The two of them run the studio now. It's been around for 40 years. Mm-hmm. It's done a ton of records that we all know that we love. Guns N' Roses, um, the No Doubt record, the, um, all of the South Bay punk scene, Black Flag, Minutemen, Husker Du, Pennywise. Um, it's one of the best drum rooms in LA, in my opinion. Um, no offense to anybody in L.A. that owns a great drum room. Um, I'm sure they're all good. Um, and I was lucky enough to be able to do some work for Wynn. And, and now we've been friends for, gosh, almost 20 years. And wow. um, he's been a big mentor for me. And um, and that's where I kind of cut my teeth. And, mm-hmm. and um, for a long time, I would keep my rig uh, as kind of a parallel rig to the one in Total Access so that we could move back and forth. Oh, yeah. And over the last probably 10 or 15 years, that's really what we've done is I'll go over there and cut drums and then bring everything back over here and do the overdubs and the mixing. And then 
before I had a treated room, <laughs> when I was in one of my previous versions, I would, you know, do all the editing, get the mix as close as I thought it was right, and then I'd go back to total access so that I could figure out what's going on with the bass. Sure. F- figure out why I lost my kick drum. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. And um, and he, you know, Wen's been very generous to me over the years um, with just knowledge. Yeah. And sharing, you know, how to do things. And... Um, you know, things I think that now we all go to YouTube for. Sure. You know, versus the old days, it would be an apprentice program, it would be an internship program, and that's how the knowledge would pass. And um, I've been super lucky to benefit from both. I do, you know, I I, I watch Mix with the Masters yeah. religiously. Um, I feel like Fab from Pure Mix is yep. like a friend of mine because uh-huh. I've learned so much from him and, and all those videos. But then at the same time, I have this real world kind of legend. Yeah that's been very generous with his knowledge and patient with me asking questions. And, um, and you don't always see that sometimes, like sometimes people that are in that position, they'll get a mindset of like, this is my information and I need to hold it tight because that's what makes me me. The fact that he wants to share it with people is awesome. Yeah. And, he's, and, he's been such a, he's such a good friend. And, great. Um, and so I've been really lucky that, you know, I've kind of, I've had some of these experiences that I worked very hard for, but I've also got these people in my life that have been really supportive mm-hmm. and you know audio is not easy <laughs> at all it's, i'm sure there's folks listening to this or watching this that are still trying to figure out why their bass drum is canceling their bass guitar yeah and and um and they don't have anybody other than youtube or one of these videos that you guys are doing which is awesome yeah. to help them understand <clears throat> sure um, and so um, I've just been really lucky and, and I'm, I feel very kind of um, grateful to all those folks that have helped me and, and I'm still learning. That would be the other thing I would say. I don't feel like I have anything mastered. <laughs> sure. Like every uh, time I hear a new mix, yeah. I think to myself, God, how did they do that? How did they get that? We were just listening to um, the, the Billie Eilish Atmos mix from the Barbie soundtrack and th- there's some stuff they're doing with reverb that you can't hear, yeah. but you can feel it. Mm-hmm. That is brilliant. Now it makes me really happy that I can hear it in this room. Right. And, and I, that's a testament to you guys and the work that you've done and the work that you did for me because I can hear it right in here. Right. Now that's also causing, that's yeah. also causing me to stay up at night because I'm laying in bed going, Man, how did they get that multi-channel <laughs> reverb to sit like that? Yeah, and and so there's you know, it's always something to strive for. Always you know, to strive like, for, and yeah. I, we're the same way with our studio designs. Like every project we do, we learn something new that's going to lead to to better results potentially for the next one. You know, it's like we're never yeah. done learning because uh, if we we just sat on on what was was uh, typical, uh, we wouldn't be growing at all. And so I think that's yeah. the same way with any mixer. Yeah, I think that's well put. Um, and it's so much easier to work, you know, when you kind of have that mindset of like, I'm never finished. Sure. Right. Like I always have something that I want to go to try to figure out how to do better. Mm. Um, and then I've been really blessed to be around a lot of really great professionals mm-hmm. um, like Steve and Wynn that are doing really, really great work where you're constantly saying, wow, like I thought I was good. Yeah. I'm not that good. <laughs> yeah, it's a way to keep you humble. Yeah, and it's great, and and I I love it, and and um, you know, for anybody out there that's listening to this, uh, you know, you're listening to this for a reason, obviously. Like, stick with it. Yeah. Like, 
don't, don't throw in the towel. You don't, you know, I had several versions of this studio. It's taken me a long time sure. to accumulate the gear and the knowledge. And, you know, I, I still, in fact, I was cleaning out my storage the other day. I still have my original little M-Box. Yes. One of my very first Pro Tools interfaces. I couldn't afford anything else. Yep. And I was running it on a computer that I bought used. Mm -hmm. And like every, I still have it. I haven't, yeah. you know, it's, it, there's no way it even works now. Right. I, I actually have a funny story about M-Boxes because when I was at my previous job, before I started Haversick Designs, I worked for Orlex Acoustics. And I, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I flew out Had a bunch to, of their stuff over the years. Yeah, so I, I flew out there uh, to DigiDesign's headquarters and installed a bunch of um, uh, treatment for them over the course of two or three days. And then when I was walking out, my contact there said, Man, you worked really hard these last couple of days. I, I'm gonna go get you something. And he brought back an M box, and I was just thrilled wow. over the moon. Just handed it to me, and so that was kind of my one of my first things as well. So yeah, I I uh, I got a lot of really great stuff out of that little box. Yeah, um, and then I had that little. I also had the little. I don't know if that was like the inbox micro or something. It was literally right. looked like a thumb drive. Yes, and yep. you could plug headphones into the end mm -hmm. of it because that was kind of the mobile. Yes, you know deal. Um, and so like, but that's how I learned Pro Tools. Yeah. Right. I taught myself Pro Tools using an M-Box and a set of Bose, like those Bose computer speakers mm -hmm. that like your mom or dad had on their <laughs> yeah. computer from, you know, their first compact computer or whatever. Yep. Yeah. That's how I, that's how, that was my first rig. You've upgraded a little bit. I've, since then. I've, I've upgraded <laughs> over the years. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, and um I should have pulled it out for you guys. My, my mom sent me, I have a photo of my high school bedroom mm -hmm. that was my first attempt at having a studio. And nice. it was literally like these two like JBL stereo speakers that I mm -hmm. took from the living room. Yeah. And then like the cassette deck in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And then like uh, I got this like Casio um, like keyboard thing like from my grandmother <laughs> that like she played at church. Yeah. And that was my first setup. It's awesome. Yeah, and it's just evolved everybody over the years. Somewhere, yeah, everybody you know? starts someplace, and and um, you know that's what I would tell everybody listening to this is like, it, it's, use what you got. Yeah, right. Right. Like I think that's that's one thing I always see is that sometimes people they'll hold off on doing an album project because they're like, oh, I don't have all the gear that I want yet, and it's like for me, I just I just think you should you should put it out there. You, know, you should you should work through it, oh, work yeah. with what you have. And uh, don't let the creative process be stunted by not having that next piece of gear. No, and look, here's what, here's what I would share is I learned so much about microphone techniques, cutting vocals in a bedroom with a mattress pushed up against the floor and a moving blanket hung over the door to create a makeshift vocal booth. Mm -hmm. I learned more about proximity effect and breath noise and air conditioning noise, yep. because when you're when you're working with what you got, you, there's problems you got to solve. Sure. And um, I wouldn't trade any of that now. Yeah. And and going, you know, I've been lucky enough to go into real studios and work and intern in real studios, and I've learned a lot there. But the things I use the most mm -hmm. is the stuff I learned in the bedroom. Right. Yeah. As workarounds, because I didn't have, you know, and, and what I would tell you is um, one of my first big purchases that I, when I splurged and I thought I made, I bought a U87. Mm, nice. I bought a used Neumann U87 that I still have. It sounds fantastic. Mm -hmm. I've had it serviced like three times because it's old. Mm -hmm. 
But I, I didn't have one of those forever. I had an SM57. Sure. And I had a 58 that had a massive dent in it that I think everybody, <laughs> those are everybody, indestructible, everybody so. that owns a 58 has a dent in their 58 at some point. Yeah. Even though you can buy the replacement screen from Sure no, for like it gives a character. $22. Yeah. But yeah, the dent, it, it's dented. Mine's dented and it smells a little bit like beer. Oh, sure. So it's ideal. But if you can get good sounds, like if you can get a really good guitar sound out of a 57 and maybe a 58 a couple of feet back. Yeah then getting a good guitar sound with a U87 is easy. Yeah, right. Right? And so it, you, the, the, you know, that's what I would say to everybody. Use what you have. Like right. you, you don't, you'd be amazed the records, that, like real records you're listening mm -hmm. to right now yeah. that were made with a handful of 57s or a handful of 58s or an SM7, you know, like a handful of these mics you can get anywhere. Yeah. Um, I tell people all the time the story of... Uh, um, I was on a panel with the producer who did the first Killers record, Hot oh, yeah. Plus, which yeah. is coming up on 20-year yeah, anniversary totally. right now. Yeah, we're getting old. And, uh, but uh, he was talking about how when Brandon Flowers was in the studio, he, as soon as you put a condenser microphone in front of him, he just clam clammed up. He just, it was not his vibe. And he's just, he's like, man, can I just hold an SM57? Yeah. And the whole Hot Fuss album, that's how it was done. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's the, like, I mean, uh, Bob Rock and the Metallica stuff, mm -hmm. you know, uh, handheld SM7 in mm -hmm. the control room, yeah. you know, and back then they would flip the, the speakers so that they could try to cancel it out a little bit. Like mm -hmm. whatever it takes, like yeah. to get the vibe. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, I think a lot of that gets lost on folks that are chasing gear, yeah. or you know, uh, that it doesn't really. You'd be shocked at the records that were made, and that are still being made. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, we were talking about Billie Eilish earlier. I think that's a well-known story, and if if you don't know the story, you can go watch it. There's several documentaries. Yeah. Um, they made her first record in a bedroom. In a bed. In a bedroom. Yeah. A non-treated bedroom on a laptop mm -hmm. using, <laughs> yeah. a, you know, she sat on the bed singing into an, probably a 58 or a 57. Sure. And, and, you know, lots of people think, oh, well, those were the demos. Like, that's the no. record. Right. <laughs> um, and so, like, it, it's, it's about, you know, it's, it's about the, the mindset, I think. Yeah. Well, speaking of using what you have, you now have this space and you have a Dolby Atmos set up. Um, and what, it's awesome. Yeah, it is great. Uh, what kind of stuff are you working on these days? So I've been in the process of really teaching, as I'm sure everybody is, teaching myself Atmos. Mm -hmm. um, I just got certified. Um, I went through the, the Avid Dolby program to get certified in Atmos, um, which was daunting. Mm -hmm. But the best thing that I've ever done. Nice. I, and, and actually, in order to do that, I had to go back and finish my certification for Pro Tools because I had started that a ways ago and I just never finished it. Mm -hmm. um, but in order to do it, I had to do it. Um, and um, shout out to the guys at Pro Media, um, Mihai and his crew. Um, if, they're, if any of them watch your podcast, sure. um, they do great training. Um, and he was really helpful with me to kind of figure out what I needed to do to get my Pro Tools certification finished so then I could get Dolby certified. And so I've been on this quest to learn it mm -hmm. um, and to understand. And it's evolving so fast, yeah. um, but in some really exciting ways. And, um, you know, I think stereo is still king and my room is set up really well to do stereo. Yeah. Um, but now that it's set up for Atmos, I can do both. And I'm just trying to get faster yeah. and, you know, more competent and, and the mixes are changing every day. And it's been great to have a room 
where I can pull up the latest Atmos mix to see what they're doing mm -hmm. and then go immediately into a mix that I'm working on to try to recreate something, which is what I did, how I taught myself to mix in stereo. Yeah. Um, and to be able to have it translate. And, you know, we were just doing some things earlier before we started this where um, having my rig set up the way it's set up, where I can be in Atmos, I can fold down easily to stereo if I need to, I can fold down to 5.1, mm -hmm. and I can just run good old fashioned stereo all very quickly is a huge help. Yeah. Um, now, like a lot of people, I, I've sp I spent several months behind the racks in the wiring. Yeah. Um, I spent a bunch of time, you know, on the phone with tech support <laughs> from Avid, from um, my monitor control of the brain is a Grace Design M908. Yeah. Um, shout out to the guys at Grace. Yeah. Alex and their service department nice. bailed me out a number of times. <laughs> um, and, and so now I've got it, you know, pretty much set up. I'm still working through a few... Um, as you can see, I've still got a bit of analog gear and, and I'm trying to find that balance between mm -hmm. all in the box and um, analog external summing. There's still, uh, I'm certainly not a purist by any means. I'm about using whatever works to get the job done. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like there's, um, and I really learned in the box. So I'm certainly not a purist um, in the, you know, analog. But I do find there's a few things that... Yeah. Um, I don't remember who, I don't know if, if it was Andrew Sheps that said it on one of the Pure Mix videos, but there's a way that uh, analog kind of bends. Mm, yeah. Like you can really push into a um, SSL compressor. You can really push in, like I'm, I'm using the dangerous summing for my analog gear. Mm -hmm. You can kind of push into it that gives it a little bit of a thing. Yeah. That... I, I describe, and whoever I use, whoever, I didn't come up with it, it's, uh, I'm sure I saw it from one of those guys, but the way they explain it is like analog kind of bends a little bit. Yeah. And that resonated with me. And so I'm still trying to figure out my workflow and mm -hmm. how, especially with Atmos now, because um, in the first couple of iterations, you know, you couldn't be in HDX unless you had a separate, you know, rendering machine. Mm-hmm. Then they did, you know, I think Logic loaded the renderer into Logic, which then meant Avid had to do some stuff. And yeah. then we got the Dolby Audio Bridge, and then we got the Pro Tools I.O. changes. So the, now you could kind of route in the box. Yeah. Because um, I never bought a separate, like it was expensive. Yeah. And so I never bought a separate rendering rig. I do everything on one machine. Mm -hmm. And now with the latest, you know, Pro Tools update, um, the renderer is built in, which yeah. has been fantastic. Sure. Um, and so now I'm now I can be back on the HDX card, so I can get delay, you know, uh, delay compensation. So now that means my analog inserts are working better. Mm -hmm. And so I'm I'm trying to figure out how, you know, my workflow is going to evolve and having the room, being able to trust the information that's coming out of the speakers, is now allowing me to kind of rethink my workflow. Yeah. And it's a blast. Yeah. Like it's a ton of fun. Um, that would be the other thing I would shout out to people is, you know, use the resources, learn the gear, learn, you know, I'm not the best with a soldering iron, but I know how to use a soldering iron. Sure. I had to teach myself. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and you know, I, I wired every inch of my racks myself. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'll ever do that again, but, <laughs> um, but you do what you got to do because, sure. you know, hiring somebody to wire your racks is the wire is expensive and then the time is expensive and all of that. And so 
um, but it's also immensely helpful as I'm trying to figure out my workflow. I know how the racks are plugged in. Right. So I know how the signals are flowing and all of that. And so it's been, it's been really nice to be able to get into that without having to worry about the, 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 the audio, the information. Like right. I can trust what's coming out of the speakers in the room, which now allows me to be able to start to t- tinker with all that other stuff. Yeah. Which I never really messed with any of that before. And every change you make will make a difference. Yes. Like you'll hear the difference. Yes. That versus yes. saying, I don't know if that made a difference or not. Yeah. 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 I, think, I think anybody that's ever tried to mix in a bedroom on headphones and you're trying to hear reverb tales or you're trying to get a slap delay right or, you, you, you know, for all of those, I used to struggle with compression. Yeah. For years, I just couldn't hear it. Mm-hmm. I pulled up mixes. I pulled up some of my mixes that I've, I did 10 years ago mm-hmm. in this room. And my first thought is, oh, I can't play that for anybody right. at all because all of a sudden I can hear all this stuff. Yeah. And obviously my skill set has evolved in the last 10 years. And so yeah. I go back and listen to some of that stuff and I'm thinking, oh, my Lord. Yeah. Like, what was I doing? Yeah, well, you're learning. Yeah, but having doing. the room where I don't, you know, the, the, probably the, one of the biggest testaments for you guys is, um, you know, reverb tales mm-hmm. forever. I would have to go to headphones right, to really get the t- reverb tale right. I don't anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing in some rooms that aren't treated properly. It's like that reverb tale. You're not just hearing it. You're hearing the reverb of the room itself too. Yeah. It's uh, coupling with that. And yeah, it's hard to discern what's what. Yeah. And, and th- there are so many of those little things that I've found now with the room being, set really well that I don't have to do. So it's giving me all this time back. Nice. And so, which is now allowing me to experiment with other things. Whereas before I would be spending so much time trying to get the kick and the, and the bass to sit right yeah. that I couldn't spend, a, I didn't have time yeah. to spend time changing reverbs for a delay or any of that because I, I had to spend a lot of time to figure out how to get the bass to sit right. Sure. Now I don't have to worry about that. I'm getting all the, inf- you know, the, the information that's coming out of the speakers to me, I can trust. So I, I can make those decisions quickly, mm-hmm. which then allows me to get into some of the other stuff. And then the other stuff is the stuff that's fun. That's, yeah. You know, nobody wants to sit and spend two hours trying to get the kick and the bass to sit right. Right. If you can do that in you know five minutes and mm-hmm. then move on, it's a lot more fun to start working on you know, tucking the reverb tail in so nobody really hears it, and but the vocal moves forward in the mix. Like, all yeah. that stuff is so much more fun yeah. than the technical things that you know you need to get right, otherwise nobody's going to listen to the mix. <laughs> right. Yeah, and having the room um, be set up and and being able to trust it is is a yeah. major game changer. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, what's what's the future of the rock room look like? Now that you have this all set up and you've got this wonderful space... It's getting a lot of use, and and um, I'm I'm really excited. By my my mentor, Wynn Davis, just came over uh, yesterday, actually, mm-hmm. and uh, he's got a project he's about to start that I'm going to assist him on. Um, and I can't say what it is yet, but it's a major label. It's a major band that everybody would know. Um, they want to put their catalog into Atmos. Oh wow! Um, and he did a mix in 2018 um, at a at a one of the first uh, Atmos studios in LA. Mm-hmm. And he brought the mix over here to just see if we could open it, to see if it would translate, um, to see if it, you know, this room was gonna be uh, good enough mm-hmm. to do the work. 
um, and I really a big testament to you guys. Mix came right up. I mean, a testament to my rig. Yes. And it was wired correctly is that we were able to open it. The mix came right up. Yeah. And then um, it all translated. Mm -hmm. And um, and so that made, you know, I was really proud about <laughs> that one because I, I love working with him. And any sure. chance I get to assist is huge for me. Um, and especially because it's an Atmos project. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the fact that we were able to pull it up, it translated, mm -hmm. and it's it was it was um, it's now going to allow us to do the project. Yeah, I, it was a huge moment, and oh, that's you awesome. know I'm I'm very grateful <laughs> to you guys. Like the the work you did, uh, it, that's the whole point. That's a, that's what I'm trying to do in this room is to be able to have it translate. So that we can do more work. Yeah. And so there's more work coming. Man, that's so cool. Yeah. Congratulations so for that. I think it's very good. And hopefully, uh, you know, as that comes together, I'll be able to talk about it more. And I'll try sure. to get, I, would, I think what would be great is I'll get, you know, Win to maybe get on a Zoom with you or something. And oh, that'd be fun. Give you his opinion. He's a great, great guy. Awesome. Um, and so, yeah, we're excited. And I've got, a, I've got another project um, that I'm trying to calendar right now that we were originally going to just do in stereo, one of my regular clients. And mm -hmm. now... Um, after she's listened to a bunch of stuff in here, mm -hmm. she's now convinced that we need to do it in Atmos. Sure. And so now we're going to do the project in Atmos, um, which is exciting. Yeah. Like I think, especially given some of the records that have come out in the last three or four months, yeah. like it's, it's clearly being embraced. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think the techniques are getting good, Yeah, you know? Um, and that's definitely a testament. Like I think, um, <laughs> I've uh, Steve Jenowick mm -hmm. at Capital. Um, I don't know him personally. I feel like I do because I've watched enough of his videos. Yeah. But like, I feel like Dolby should give him like a, a referral fee or <laughs> yeah. like a commission because um, you know he pioneered a bunch of the you know object versus bus workflow. Mm -hmm. That if you've watched any of those videos, like it's genius yeah. stuff. And the stuff that they he was doing, you know, before multi-channel effects were available like he was building his own you know delay array mm -hmm. and sharing all the information online um the techniques have evolved yeah and so now like the stuff you're we're listening to that's coming out it's 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 more than just junk flying over your head <laughs> yeah right like you know some of the first atmos it was just cool so yeah, gimmicky stuff gimmicky yeah. stuff there was things flying around in the back of the room and overhead mm -hmm. especially when you get the, i mean i did i'm guilty as soon as i put speakers in the ceiling i'm like oh yeah we're, we're using those <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what can, what guitars can we put up there right um and and now over the last you know certainly the last six months even it's getting really good yeah well, like now things aren't flying over your head, but like you feel like you're in the room mm -hmm. and, and it's getting, um, very sophisticated mm -hmm. so that it's not gimmicky. Like it's giving, it's, you're not hearing things, you're feeling them. Sure. Yeah. And there's a couple of mixes that, um, you know, um, uh, I'm not obsessed over the Barbie movie for a full disclaimer. It was, it was great. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was great. Like everybody else, the soundtrack. Yeah is ridiculous mm -hmm. um and and not just the ronson and the wyatt stuff but or the watt stuff but that stuff is fantastic and yeah. s and the atmos mixes um are bananas yeah like they're just bananas like you you everything's getting really you great you feel the air in the room change when the song comes on yeah 
Um, and um, the thing I've been, when you fold it down to, to 2.0, when you fold it down mm -hmm. to stereo, like you notice, but the mix is still there. Like the mix yep. holds up. It's mm -hmm. still thumping. It's still a good rocking mix. Yeah. It's the air. It's yeah. the space that changes. And then when you unfold back to Atmos, it's just like, it just envelops you. So and cool. I think it's so cool that the, you know, all the mixers that are out there doing that stuff, their skill has gotten so good. Yeah. You know, they're setting the bar for everybody else. Yeah. And we're still kind of in the infancy stage of it. You yeah. Know, I, th I think it's like people are, are really learning it though. Oh yeah. I, the, the, that was, the, that record when I first started listening to it about two weeks ago or so, like, I started feeling like I was getting comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then I put that record, I was like, oh, uh, I, got, I got some work to do. I got a lot of work to do. I got <laughs> a lot of work awesome. to do. Well, you have a beautiful space to do the work in. So, uh, I mean, really thanks to you guys. Yeah, like we're, we're uh, so happy to be a part of this project. And, and I just, I really appreciate you taking time to sit down and, and talk with us. And oh, I'm, I'm happy to. And I'm, I, I, I'm so pleased to have your help with this. And I would say that to anybody that's thinking, oh, I can't afford it. I can't afford to hire somebody like Gavin or his crew. You can. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, um, and it's well worth it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be at a big scale is what I would say. Sure. Right? Like, you know, I won't speak for you, but there's a lot of people that, that can get a lot of information and help from you just by watching the podcast. Yeah. Uh, or the YouTube videos. And then... Um, you know, just getting initial consulting, mm -hmm. I think, is really valuable for folks. And and then if you can do it, do it. Yeah, for sure. But like, I was on a budget. Yeah. Like, uh, like everybody else, I was on. I so I did all the construction myself with mm -hmm. um, some help from my friend that's a contractor. But I couldn't afford to pay somebody else to do all the the treatment stuff. Right. And so I did it myself. Yeah. Yeah, and I sourced it all myself, and uh, you know, uh, shout out to Fabric Wall, yeah, uh, out of St. Louis, because mm -hmm. um, that's the track system that I used to hang the fabric. But like that, like, oh, I, that's a learning curve. I yeah. had to learn. I had mm -hmm. to. I had to learn my circular saw, my <laughs> miter saw skills, and I've never spent more time with a protractor trying to get angles right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like that's all part of the process. But I couldn't afford to hire somebody else to do it, so I did it myself. Yeah. I think a lot of people are in that boat. And uh, I mean, what you've accomplished here is like, is a lot of people's dream, you know? It's yeah, like, it, it certainly is one of mine. Like if you'd have told me 10 years ago that I'd have my own room like this, yeah. I wouldn't have believed you that's at simple. all. And now to have it up and running and to have it, it, to have it sound good is the most important thing. Sure. But to have it look cool <laughs> and sound good, yep. like the, the neon in the walls, like I never would have thought of that. Sure. At all. Yeah. Until I started looking at the pictures of some of the other um, studios that you guys had built. And and I think when I was highlighting photos for you, I went through your website and you mm -hmm. said, kind of pick out the ones you like yeah. so that we can get an idea of your design. I think I immediately grabbed the ones that had the neon in yeah. it and said, okay, I don't care what we do, but it has to have <laughs> neon in it because yeah. that's cool. Yeah. No, it's great. Yeah. And it's it makes such a difference. That is awesome. Well, thanks again. I, I mean, uh, taking time out of your 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 yeah, evening you here to do this. You guys are welcome anytime. And, and uh, thanks for, for yeah, joining us. Appreciate it. That's been another episode of the Sound Project. Thanks for being a part of it. And if you have a idea of maybe who that band that he's going to be working on is, uh, comment below, and we'll see you next week.